0: Hello, hello, and welcome to More Than Money, a podcast where we have nuanced conversations about money, business, and life. I'm your host, Jacquette Timmins, And if I sound a bit somber today, it is because of the events that happened today. I had planned on recording two episodes today, trying to do batching here. And earlier today, I was a bit more upbeat because, hey, it's the new year. It started off great for me. And we have two new Senator elects heading to DC. Senators elect Revan Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff. It was about 2.50 p.m., and I was on a work-related Zoom call when the husband of the host popped into the room to ask if we heard the news. I thought he was referring to the Georgia election and was confirming that Ossoff's win was declared, because up until that point, while he was ahead, it hadn't been called by AP or any of the other news organizations. But instead, he said the U.S. Capitol had been breached. That's when I immediately checked CNN on my phone and turned on the local news on my TV, because I don't have cable, and I was horrified. Absolutely horrified. My breath was taken away because what I saw on my screens was not anything. I had ever expected to see take place on U.S. soil. We were all in disbelief. And while I was still on the call, phone calls started coming in on my phone and, you know, we eventually got off the Zoom and more phone calls started coming in as well as DMs. And I have to tell you, I had second thoughts about recording this episode. I was concerned about whether it would come across if I pressed forward as being tone deaf. Then I thought about our tagline, if you will. A podcast where we have nuanced conversations about money, business, and life. I noodled on that for the next couple of hours and as anxious as I am about today's events and what it affirms of the state of our democracy, I came to the following conclusions. One, politics is indeed a culmination of money, business, and life. And two, where I sit right now, there's absolutely nothing I can do about what is unfolding in DC. It's not in my control. I did what was in my control when I voted, when I volunteered, and when I donated. So I made the choice to move forward to at least record one of the episodes. And that's the one that you're listening to right now. Because unless you are an elected official in DC, you are in the same boat as me. And there's nothing you can do right now, either, about what's going on and what's happening there. However, one way to harness whatever energy and whatever the feelings are that you are experiencing, it is to focus on what you can control. That is why I'm pressing forward with an apt topic for today. A financial audit. Because not that we needed another reminder, but today's actions prove yet again how important it is for us to be on top of our finances. A financial audit is a tool for doing such. I've shared this quote before, I am sure, because I lean into it often. And it is a quote from the mythologist Joseph Campbell, who says, or said, everything begins with a story. When you do a financial audit, it is a story of what happened. It's a story of what didn't happen, but that you wanted to. And it's a story of all of the feelings that come with either elements or aspects of those stories. And the way that I approach an audit The purpose isn't, you know, this binary, did you have a good or bad experience with money or were your results good or bad? Again, nuance. Instead, it's an opportunity to gather information, but information that you are utilizing to help you gain some insight. I've said this before as well always prioritize insight over information. You need both, but make sure that you are prioritizing insight over information. The other purpose of an audit, and this is something else that I also suggest that people prioritize, is that it is an opportunity to get curious and to gain some clarity. And it's an opportunity to do both of those things while prioritizing, or I should say over-prioritizing certainty. Because I think far too often we are leaning into wanting to be certain that something that we are doing is the right thing to do or that it's going to lead to a very specific outcome. And instead of trying to have that certainty, to actually embrace more of the curiosity and the clarity that comes simply through the process of trying to get to whatever end result you are aiming for. Toward. And that is why I kick off a three part audit process with first tapping into your financial vision. If you haven't done the financial wheel exercise, which is a signature exercise of mine that I've been utilizing with coaching clients for over 20 years, and it is designed to help you tap into your financial vision. You can check out our very, very first episode of More Than Money, where I introduced myself to the world, thanks to Karen Hunter. Um, And that episode is called Living by Design. And I walk you through the exercise. You can do it there, or you can grab it on my website, jacquettetimmons.com forward slash wheel. Again, jacquettetimmons.com forward slash wheel please, please, please do not skip this first step in this three-part audit process. I don't tend, if you've listened to more than one episode, I hope you get this from me, I don't tend to be very dogmatic about too many things when it comes to money, but I am being so here because of the impact, the order in which you conduct this audit has on how you experience the process. The reason doing the financial wheel or tapping into your vision first is so important is because it is expansive. So remember this, vision before reflection. So once you've done your visioning, then you are ready for the second step, which is the reflection. And this is when you do a variation of the financial wheel, but this time you do it based on what happened. So this is when you make note. Again, when you do the financial wheel exercise, you're looking very broadly at the four things that anybody, regardless of where you are on the income or wealth spectrums, the four broad things that anybody can do with their money, earn it, save it, invest it, and spend it. So when you do this variation, this reflection portion of the financial wheel, what you were doing then is you're looking at each of those in terms of what happened. How much did you save in 2020? Or how much of your savings did you protect? How did you invest in 2020? How much did you spend in 2020? And yes, we were all in quarantine and we didn't do a lot of the things that we normally quote unquote would do, but it is not like we didn't spend any money. So how did you spend your money in 2020? How much did you earn in 2020? And excuse me, it's not just about documenting um, what happened, but it's also about, and this is the part where it gets really juicy, at least in my opinion, it's also about rating how well you felt supported by money. And not just broadly or generally, but instead looking at each quadrant. So after you document what actually happened (laughs) in in 2020 and each of those years, this is where you get to actually rate on a scale of zero to five, with five being the highest. Again, How well did you feel supported by the amount that you saved or by the amount that you protected and you didn't dip into? How well do you feel supported by how you were invested about the money that you spent and your lifestyle and about what you earned? And again, it's not about good or bad. It it is giving you insight. It's giving you a way of being able to objectively say, okay, okay this is what I did with my money, or this is what happened as a result of what occurred in 2020. This is what its impact of, you know, of those events were on my money. And this is how it affected how well I felt supported by it. It is so important to do this and to, again, not have it be good or bad but it's simply a rating, but that rating is powerful because it helps you to see where, what aspects of your money you did feel supported. And if you know not, what aspects of your money where you did not feel supported. So again, the reason that you start first with your vision and not, what on, you know, and not on what happened and on you know, rating is because more than likely, if you started with the reflection, on what happened and the rating, you probably would have curtailed what you thought was possible when you did the version of the financial wheel exercise that is an invitation of tapping into your vision. So that is why we do it in this sequence. Now, for the third part of the audit, this is where it helps to take stock of your habits whatever your goals are for 2021, your resolutions or your priorities, money plays a role in that in some way, shape or form. And so do your habits because your habits are what will support you or not. Habits also play a role in closing the gap between your financial vision and your current financial reality. And by no means, and I've shared these before, but it bears repeating, by no means is this intended to be an exhaustive list of habits. However, I think these are key. So let me just, you know, tick through them relatively quickly. The first habit, track your money. Know where your money is going and don't track it for the purposes or not purely for the purposes of having a budget. But track it again because you're utilizing it as data. You're collecting data. And I've said this before also. You cannot interrupt a pattern that you do not notice. And when you are tracking your money, you are putting yourself in a position of collecting data so that you can identify a pattern that may not be visible to you if you're just looking at your statements. So that's the first habit. Track your money. The second habit is have some money rules. And, you know, when you're doing the audit, it's a really great way of looking at what what rules did you practice last year? Are those rules that you want to continue practicing this year? And what way did those rules help you maybe in some instances? And what ways did those rules hinder you? But that's the second habit. Have some money rules around what you will do with your money. What kinds of decisions will you make? What kind of choices will you make? So that when you are in the situation where those decisions and choices need to be made, you already have a sense of what it is that you're going to do. The third habit, make sure that you are aware, even if it's an estimate, make sure that you are aware of the financial component of your goals. Again, I've said it before, but it bears repeating. Almost every goal that you have has a financial component to it. And the reason you want to know what that is is because one it determines what do you do with your current cash flow, and then it also determines what do you do with the money that you're setting aside? Do you keep it liquid or do you invest it? So that's the third habit. The fourth habit is to pay attention. And by this, what I mean is don't just look at your, you know, statements and reconcile the numbers, but look at those statements with an, an an idea for what are these numbers telling me in terms of the story of my life in this moment? And what might it, you know, portend in terms of, um, my goals and how quickly I might get to my goals. So kind of like have an outer body experience and look at those statements as if they actually did not belong to you and, you know, look at it from the prism of if you were looking at those statements and it had somebody else's name and address on it, what would you say about the person and and how they use money and the way in which they make their choices and the goals that you think they have and the goals that you think they may want to have in the future? And then the fifth habit is about systems. And it's kind of meta because on one hand, I'm saying that your systems are greater than your tools. But really what I'm also saying is that have the habit of having a system for all of the things that come before. So have a system for tracking. Are you going to do it once a week or once a month? You know, what's your system for evaluating if the rules that you are following are working for you? What's your system for keeping track of the progress that you're making with your goals? What's your system in terms of the questions that you will ask and the frequency that you will do so when it comes to helping you to stay engaged and pay attention with your money? And the reason I say you know systems are greater than tools is because you can use any tool to do any of these things. The most important is that you use a tool. <laughs> uh, but you can be dogmatic about... Um, or not dogmatic, you can be agnostic is what I really meant to say. You can be agnostic around the tool because it's really about what tool works best for you. The benefit of doing a financial audit is that it is one more way of giving your money direction. And if you are a frequent listener, you know I've mentioned this several times. Same with what's the bedrock of my body of work, the idea that you don't manage money, you manage your choices around money. And a choice I hope you'll make is to carve out some time in the coming days, and the coming weeks to tap into your financial vision, to reflect on your 2020 money results and experiences and maybe wins and challenges and setbacks. And then to determine what habit or habits do you need to practice more of in order to support what it is that you want money to do for you. Because that's what giving your money direction is all about. Telling it what it is that you want it to do for you. Giving it a very specific job. And and a job where it has many different roles, right? Many different jobs. Uh, And here's... One other choice I hope that you will make be present to what's going on in the world around us. Yes, absolutely. But never lose sight of taking control of what you can control in your life. And money is one of those things. That is it for today's episode today's unsettling events notwithstanding, I wish you a great 2021 and I wish you God's speed.